seven spirits of God, grace and peace from Jesus Christ, the ruler of the kings of the earth. <laughs> Shabbat. <laughs> we make sure we get thoroughly intoxicated on the Holy Ghost before we speak to you because there's nothing worse than hearing the gospel from a human being. <laughs> the divine gospel of God. We need the glory, like a river of life, flowing through our hearts and minds, fully dependent on the seven spirits of God, which are our salvation, called the roots of David. Has God given you a new heart? You better believe it. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature altogether. The human nature has passed away, and the divine nature has come forth. Amen? That's what my Bible says. And my Bible is right. I love the Bible. Holy Ghost, be magnified here tonight. Strong wine. Strong meat. We need to feast on the bread and wine of angels. In Psalms it says, In the wilderness they ate the bread of angels. You know that verse? Great verse, because if they even ate the bread of angels in the old lesser covenant, what do you think we're eating on the perfect covenant of heavenly Jerusalem? Are we eating the bread of angels when we eat the bread of heaven? We're eating the bread of the Lord. The Lord of angel armies. The angel of the Lord took on a bodysuit and sacrificed his body at Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the Lord of all the earth, the Lord of glory, the author of life, the Lord of the harvest. It's time to be fully possessed by the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ. Do you know that? In the Old Testament, Jesus Christ is called the angel of the Lord. <laughs> it's true. In the New Testament, he took a body on. His name in the New Testament is Jesus of Nazareth. Is he the everlasting God? The Alpha and Omega? The creator of the world? John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Amen? Jesus Christ is the author of life, the creator of the world. Now the world fell with the fall of Lucifer and one-third of the angels, the dragon whose tail swept one-third of the stars. But through Jesus Christ, we have the divine abilities of the divine seed of the gospel to heal this world. To the measure we are angelic is the measure we can actually heal this world. The greatest stumbling block of our day is Christian religion. Hyper-spirituality. You know, people call it hyper-spirituality or <laughs> Christianity in the brains is simply what it is. And it's strange fire, it's dead works, it's hype. You know, it's not entering the Sabbath day's rest. It's not the Father in us who does the works. It's like, has something to do with you. If your Christianity has anything to do with you, it's not the centrality of Christ, which is the meaning of Christianity, the centrality of the Holy Spirit, who is Christ, the anointing, the seven spirits of God, 
That's what Christ is. Christ is the seven spirits of God. The Holy Ghost was poured on the person Jesus, born of the Holy Spirit, but he grew up a man, a boy and then a man. At age 30, he was baptized by his cousin John in the River Jordan, and the Spirit descended upon him in the form of the dove, and he became Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. That's when he received the anointing. He wasn't the anointed one until he had the anointing. Have you received the anointing? A lot of Christians haven't. It's okay. I mean, Paul's going around Asia Minor saying to all these people, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We only received the baptism of water. (laughs) And Paul explained to them further the gospel. I love water baptism. It's such a joyful celebration. The symbolic water baptism of dying to this world and living for Jesus Christ. I pray everyone gets water baptized. And not just water baptized, but glory water baptized. You know? You may start in the waters of this world in the symbolism of water baptism. That's awesome. Glory. You know, your flesh is dead to sin and lives as a vessel for Jesus Christ now. But now receive the anointing and become an anointed one. If you receive the exact same Holy Spirit, which is what Pentecost is all about, doesn't that make you an anointed one? You better believe it. That's the whole point of Jesus Christ ascending into the cloud and telling his disciples to tarry in Jerusalem until they receive the Spirit from on high. A lot of people receive the Spirit on high, but they don't understand that there's no limit to the Spirit through your lives. People don't understand. You can have the Holy Ghost through your life so strongly that you rule and reign through this entire world, which is God's plan for this righteous generation. I'm telling you, we have capped ourselves. And there has been much doubt and unbelief taught in Christianity saying you've gone too far. Not too far in the Holy Spirit. We need to add our efforts to the Holy Spirit's works and we cut ourselves off from the next level of glory. When you come into the glory baptism of living in the cloud, like I did in the spring of 2008 when I was baptized into the glory cloud, I'd been a fanatical Pentecostal before that. We'd seen miracles, signs, and wonders and healings of every single type. Every single type. But it was altogether a different world when I entered the glory of God in 2008. I mean, I was not even close to His happy. I mean, the joy, I hadn't even entered the joy. I mean, I had some Holy Ghost outbursts of laughter once in a while, but I was like clinically depressed, like looking like most of the charismatic church and the Pentecostal church in 2017 before entering the cloud of glory with all my soul. I mean, there was still religious accusation in me. When you come into the glory cloud and enter the pearly gates of the glory cloud with your mind, he takes all the the accuser's nature out of your mind. You can't even accuse someone around you. You can't. It's 
it's entirely your sin nature and the unrenewedness of the mind is stripped clean out of your face, out of your soul, out of your mind. And you become just like Jesus. And a perfect priest can always apply the blood as it's written in 1 Corinthians. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love keeps no record of wrong. (laughs) So when you're in that perfect love, which is that perfect glory cloud of God in heavenly Jerusalem, All you're doing is writing down the good things because love keeps no record of wrong things. You know you're in the gospel of the glory of the happy God, 1 Timothy 1.11, that's what's written. The gospel is the glory of the happy God. The glad message of the glory of the happy God, 1 Timothy 1.11, that's what's written in the emphasized translation. When you keep no record of wrongs. I mean, we've been wronged constantly. The sin nature and the unrenewed mind, out of its very nature, bites at the glory of God, bites at the Christ nature. The unrenewed mind wars against the mind of Christ. That's what's written in the book of Romans. If you're not being warred against, perhaps the mind of Christ is not your reality yet because every unrenewed mind will fight you. And if they're not fighting you, you've got to get your mind a little more renewed so people can be fighting you. As it's written, I've wrestled beasts in Ephesus. The Apostle Paul wrestled the unrenewed mind in Ephesus. He did. Ministry is all about our renewed minds wrestling out. Like Jacob and the angel of the Lord wrestling out the sinful nature in people's unrenewed minds so they can have the mind of Christ because in the mind of Christ we have unity of the brethren of every nation, tribe, and tongue. And in no place else will there ever be anointed unity. And the oil of gladness that's stronger than death. And the oil of joy He's anointed us in. That is in the mind of the anointing, the mind of the Holy Spirit, which in Revelation 5.6 is called the seven horns and the seven eyes of the seven spirits of God. I saw a lamb who looked like he'd been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Do you understand the mind of Christ, the soul of Jesus Christ? We want our souls glorified. That is the healing of the nations. When Christians like you and me have our souls completely and entirely lit up by the seven spirits of God, we will see the glory of God come forth through our souls so strongly that it covers the multitude of sin. And it will wash all the sin out of people's lives into the lake of fire. Do you think people want to feel dirty? They want to feel gross. You know, people want to feel like death. Almost everyone will gladly embrace this righteous cleansing of the love of the Father through their hearts and minds and flesh if some Christians demonstrate the seven horns and the seven eyes, which we are commissioned to demonstrate to everyone. Are we the body of the Lamb? I mean, we generically call ourselves the body of Christ. But what does that mean in Revelation 5-6? That we have the seven horns of the seven spirits of God. If we have a full reliance on the seven spirits of God, which are the roots of David, 
the root system of the Messiah, the salvation of our spirit life, the salvation of our hearts. We have that in Jesus Christ. That's how we're saved. That we became partakers of His divine nature by grace. No one's boasting about it. All we're boasting about is great grace and opening up what salvation is to people's minds that have been so hindered and blocked off from understanding the full gospel of Jesus Christ. A lot of people just have bits and pieces of the puzzle. The book of Revelation is the full puzzle of what we've received from our King and our Savior and our older brother. As he's called in Revelation 1-4, the ruler of the kings of the earth. You think he's talking about the Caesars? You think he's talking about these presidents and these political parties that love murdering babies and love war and love power and love money? Is Jesus Christ talking about this political systems of the nations? Absolutely not. It could not be further from the truth. Revelation 1-4, Jesus Christ, ruler of the kings of the earth, is talking about the manifest sons of God. And listen, there are women in the sons of God company. Sons of God only talks about the maturity of one's spirit life in the seven spirits of God. You are a son of God when seven horns and seven eyes and seven torches are physically manifest through your life laid down. And this isn't much of an option in this generation, for this is the generation of the sons of God. Trust me, it's not going to be like two or three mystics that rule the world. I'm telling you. I can see a million sons of God come forth from Red Letter Ministries in this domino effect. A million sons of God. A million who have the seven horns and a million who have the seven eyes. You know how easy it is when a person walks in this and has the seven torches of seven torrents of His divine presence burning through their bodies? and gladly imparts it into all their brothers and sisters in the world? This thing is so easy, because there are so many millions. I mean, even in the Assemblies of God where I come out of, there's 10 million tongue-speaking Christians in the Americas. From Canada down to the tip of Chile, we had 10 million speaking in tongues Christians in one denomination. I think we can easily have a million sons of God who take that Shabbat-Dabba-Duya tongues into full maturity of seven horns and seven eyes. You know why? Because we love the Lord perfectly. And we will know the Lord perfectly as the seven spirits of God in this righteous generation. We're gonna. It's written upon our hearts. For such a time as this, you have come into the kingdom. (laughs) People think so little of themselves. They have no idea the power of God because religion makes them look at themselves and their natural abilities. If this was based on any of our skills, the kingdom would never advance. You know? We're not recruiting the Usain Bolts and, you know, all the superheroes of sports and the, you know, all the the heroes of Babylon with all their mighty skills and gifts in, in their brains. That's not what our success 
is based on in Christianity, in the kingdom of God. Our success and victory is based on the Holy Ghost entirely, 100% in all of our hearts, the roots of David, 100% the seven spirits of God, the bright morning star, the soul of the living God through all of us. So we can be as successful and victorious as the living God, Jesus Christ himself. And the humans and all of their Babylonian celebrities and Babylonian people out there will look at the kingdom of heaven company and be like, oh my God, our glory and our abilities that are all together human fail in comparison to that kingdom company of righteous sons and daughters of God that are shining in the Shekinah brighter than the noonday sun. And that's what we will shine in. The Shekinah glory that is brighter than the noonday sun. I tell you the truth. Very exciting stuff. As it's written in Daniel chapter 12, those who lead many to righteousness will shine brighter than the stars of the heavens forever. That's what's written in the Bible. You know the verse? I love it. Because it's speaking about a people that will shine ever brighter to the full dawn of day. You know when we began shining? When we all had our own little Pentecost. I had my Pentecost in January of 2000 in my room in South Minneapolis at Minnesota Teen Challenge. It was just incredible. I'd never even heard of tongues. I'd never heard of a person speaking in tongues. I'd seen no demonstrations of the Holy Spirit or His power of anything about a living God my entire life, 18 years, until I went into Teen Challenge and got struck by God, paralyzed, carried out hand and foot by four pastors, began driving demons out of me, and then an audible voice spoke over my head in October of 1999, I will make you more high than all the drug addicts, and I'll make them jealous of how high I get you. That's what God said to me. And it felt like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through my body, and I just couldn't believe it. I was so angry that this whole realm and world of God had been hidden from me my whole life. I just couldn't. I was so angry at the devil. And I said, I will do anything for you, Jesus. I mean, I will destroy the devil now. Because I've been lied to my whole life. I believed in evolution. I believed in hedonism because there's just no God. There's no evidence. And I was literally open to believing in something. If someone would just demonstrate some power, more powerful than drugs and alcohol and immorality and just having fun, no one could. The Christians were just as dead in religious sin as I was. Until God struck me with lightning and I felt that 10,000 watts of electricity and heard the audible voice of God in October 99. I went through three months of deliverance and in January of 2000, I'm laying in my bed in my room all alone and I feel these waves of peace begin to go through my legs, through my feet, up through my torso and out my head and I started speaking in unknown tongues. I'd never heard of it. My faith jumped ten times. I ran to the pastors. I said, what is this? I'd never heard of it before. And they're like, that's the gift of tongues. So you can pray in your spirit and bypass your brain and communicate to God perfectly. And they said, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So I became a fanatical tongue-speaking freak. We'd go on our store runs into Target. I'd be in Target, you know, and the brothers would be hitting me, be like, shut up, dude, shut up. You're going to scare people. I'd be like, I don't care, man. 
you know, they, and I, I was that freak and that zealous, you know, scaring my family, man. I mean, my family was freaked out. My mom loved it, but my, my sister said, I liked you better before. Because <laughs> the Holy Ghost is scary to people in sin, man. People are way more comfortable being around unrenewed minds in Babylon than being around the the terror of the throne of God in Mount Zion because it, this this glory light and this Holy Spirit power just reveals how wrong every human being is in the world. How every brain is just completely and totally full of rubbish. And the only person right here is the Holy Ghost and we can simply be right when we're possessed by the Holy Ghost. That's what righteousness is. Because we're filled with Him who's always right. Our confidence has nothing to do with us or our abilities or our brains. None of that. Our confidence comes in being possessed by the seven spirits of God and the roots of David and the bright morning star. I mean, come on. And then learning through all the suffering of going through the AG and Bible college and 11 years of inner city missions and dealing with every single spectrum of Christianity in the whole world. And just seeing, man, there's got to be so much more than we experience in the glory, in the glory stream, in the churches that tolerate even getting drunk on the new wine. I know there's more. I read about this in the book of Psalms. Ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. And in Mark 16, go and make disciples of nations. I don't see the apostles and prophets making disciples of nations. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. I remember the, the glory of God speaking to me out of a cloud and the Lord saying, ask of anything and I will give it to you. And I asked for the seven spirits of God many years ago. It was the smartest thing I could ever ask for, to know the Holy Spirit perfectly. And I'm telling you, before this season, guys, I've been on this path a long time in the glory deeply. Before this season, I have not known the Holy Spirit perfectly. We're coming into a time of knowing the Holy Spirit literally perfectly. Knowing the Lord perfectly with not just our hearts, not just about them in the Bible, but with the constant physical encounter of the seven torrents of His presence blazing through our brains, blazing through our souls. God said to me today, the seven horns, when they get a little longer through the sun's souls, they'll be able to physically fly like Superman through the sky. And I can see the seven horns through the sons of God. I mean, do you guys realize what time you're living in? The abilities of the Holy Ghost are infinite. We will even do greater works in the seven spirits of God than our older brother, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. John 14, 12, because he went to the Father. As it's written, I'm going to the Father and you'll do greater works. Because I'm going to the Father. And from the Father, He sent us the Holy Spirit, born of the same exact seed of the Holy Ghost as the Messiah Himself. That's what being born again is. It's not just religious crap of fire insurance and getting plugged into a church. I mean, it's hilarious. You know, in the seven spirits of God, we have so much fun. And we're just, you know, it's okay to have fun when people are out there in strange fire. The Holy Ghost oftentimes finds it hilarious. You get your, your personality glorified. You can laugh at people and not have it be condescending, not have it being ridicule, 
or accusational. It's just like an older brother who has a million times more experience in the Spirit of God through the world at the little kids just out there playing like in kindergarten. You know, it's like the fifth graders laughing at the kindergartners. You know, I mean, this isn't being mean when the Holy Ghost is laughing because so much of the church is so far off. It's just actually that funny. Like, we're just listening to worship music today, and just the joy the Lord swole up in me. I was getting so drunk on listening to this woman talk about a student missions movement in America. It's so far off from what the spirit of prophecy is saying. It's hilarious. It's total strange fire. It's prophesying out of the brains. It's false prophetics. But you can feel the zeal. She's saved in her spirit. She's saved spiritually. But everything she's saying is absolutely wrong through her brains. I mean, she's utterly clueless. And the Holy Ghost found it hilarious. Because Joel's army isn't a student missions movement. I mean, my God. We're here to melt down seven metal pyramids of Babylon and take over the entire freaking world, man. You could not be further off. We're here to absolutely destroy the governments of flesh with the government of God and to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. But it's hilarious to the seven spirits of God because it's just like little kids that have no idea what they're talking about. And God said to me, false prophetics are simply every time a person speaks out of their brains. And that's what the entire charismatic church does. I mean, you look at all these people who call themselves prophets out there. I listen to them, and it's very, very small amounts of the spirit of prophecy. I mean, you want to get into the prophetic? Here's something called the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus of the seven spirits of God. Without the seven horns and the seven eyes and the seven torches in your life, you're only telling partial truths. You only got little pieces of the puzzle. As it's written, when you prophesy, you prophesy in part, dimly as in a reflection of a mirror. But when you're face to face, which is sonship, seven horns, seven eyes, perfection, you're not prophesying in part. You got the full picture of the living God, the seven torches of the living God blazing through your soul. That's God the Father on the other side of your face. And see, the sons of God know that the Christians in the church are utterly clueless and don't know that at all. And they're the ones mainly fighting us. And we love them all the more. In fact, I think the more the church and the Christians fight the sons of God, the faster the church and the Christians die to themselves because they're actually kicking against the pricks. Nobody can wrestle the seven horns and win. It is utterly impossible, but I watch every single soul try. There's not a soul we've ever discipled that hasn't tried to wrestle the seven horns. And not even me. I mean, I'm talking about the seven horns of the seven spirits of God. They see the man because they're still naturally minded. I mean, forget the man. This, is, this vessel died so many years ago. You've never known Brandon Barthrop. You've never known him. This is about the seven horns. They come into these seven horns and it's like competition mode. Maybe I'm better than him. You know, let me compare my flesh to his flesh. You know, and we're all going to be fleshly. And all immature Christians do it. I've never seen a disciple that hasn't tried to wrestle me 
or wrestle each other. They're all out there wrestling. And that's what it means when the seven horns wrestle the two horns of the goat nature. Because every one of us, me, you, all of us, come out of having an unrenewed mind. And an unrenewed mind is the goat nature mentioned in the gospel. Sheep and goats. Sheep is renewed mind. Goat is unrenewed mind. You know, the goat mind, the one that always tries to butt heads with you. And always has to be right and always has to contradict. And, you know, it's like, it's non-stop in ministry. Non-stop. And God the Father is getting me so drunk on this verse in Galatians 6.17 today. Let nobody bother me. <laughs> you can just see the Apostle Paul just all old and whacked in the glory in Rome, you know. Has his own little mansion right under Caesar's palace. You know, because he was filthy, stinking rich. I don't know if you guys know that, but Paul was so wealthy that kings were just lusting after all the wealth the Apostle Paul had, hoping he'd give, a, give him a bribe, as it's written about King Agrippa in the book of Acts. Paul was filthy, stinking rich because he had discipled 10 million Christians and they all considered him their spiritual father. And so, I mean, he lived in, lavishly. It wasn't a joke. He was eventually beheaded, but you can just see him all whacked, you know, and he's just discipled so many hundreds of thousands of Christians for an absolute infant changing a poopy diaper spiritual state to all the way up to like, you know, Polycarp and stuff, you know, like some real sons of God that came after the initial 12 uh, apostles. Some serious, you know, signs and wonders Christians. And so he's an old man, you know, and he's just like Galatians 6, 17. Please, don't freaking bother me, guys. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's cool to grow in the Spirit. It is absolutely the funnest thing. And not even growing old physically, who cares about that? The only age that exists in Zion is the maturity of your spirit life. Babylon is all about honoring the gray hairs and all that, and that's wonderful. We love everyone perfectly, and we love so perfectly that our love actually energizes your immortal spirit life. So you can actually live in an immortal spiritual life of the Zoe of God on earth as it is in heaven. Because Jesus Christ is still 33 years old. I mean, the whole kingdom is ran by a young man. <laughs> if you're going to look at human flesh and judge by the flesh, the, entire, the entirety, the rulership, and the dominion and the power of the entire kingdom of heaven, and now the kingdom of the world, is ruled by a young man. So you're going to have to get over all that flesh stuff. Because young men are the rulers of the world. If you think old people are the rulers of the world, that's not how it is in heaven. God the Father looks like a teenager. <gasps> you know, makes sense since he's the immortal one, the ancient of days. Those pictures of old gray hairs and looking all old and stuff, that's a demonic religious spirit. That's not how it is. I've seen the Father. Looks like a 16-year-old. <laughs> Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord, for immortal life and really energizing our hearts and minds in a powerful way. Because if you get your spirit life, which is the immortal life of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ with the roots of David and the bright morning star and the seven spirits of God blazing like an inferno, an incinerator of eternal life through your hearts and minds, I tell you the truth. You will never die. You want to hear something great about this generation? This generation 
has been predestined and foreordained to overcome death. Did you know that? I remember when I was a brand new baby in the Lord, in the year 2000, the Lord said to me, Brandon, you will never die. And he took me into the Gospels where Jesus was saying, I tell you the truth, there are some listening here today that will never taste death. And the Lord said, Brandon, you're never going to die. And I remember meeting my wife many years ago, nine years ago, and uh, she told me, the Lord told me when I was a little girl that I would never die. I was like, oh, that's cool. So we have some revelation in common before even meeting each other. There are many here, I tell you the truth. In fact, most of our disciples will never taste death. This is the generation that will be so powerful in the seven spirits of God, which is the life of heaven itself. You understand, God didn't give us just the scraps off His table at Pentecost. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive the very life of God Himself that makes heaven heaven. Heaven is heaven because of the seven spirits of God. (laughs) When people die and go into heaven, the reason why they go into the glory, they're entering the seven spirits of God. What happens if we get into the seven spirits of God now and grow in it and don't have to wait you know, until we die to experience that, like so many people in previous generations have done? Well, guess what? We bring eternity to earth. That's why it's called the last days. In the last days, that means time ends. Eternity means it's timelessness. When you come into the glory of God, you're coming into timelessness. So it's the end times or the end of time. (laughs) For days, that's a thousand years. But I tell you the truth, there's only seven days. And you're in the seventh day since Adam and the third day since Jesus Christ. That's plain to see. You are absolutely in the third day. Even if you don't believe all of the crazy prophetic stuff of the spirit of prophecy and the seven eyes, you can at least understand through history, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus of Nazareth. Amen? Basic. That would mean, the Bible says a day is as a thousand years. You're in the third day. (laughs) On the third day, we're going to be raised above the dead. He was raised the third day. And we in Him are also raised the third day. As it's written, On the third day I will raise them up. Speaking of the sons of God generation that will overcome death in the world. And they will wash all the wicked into the lake of fire. And by all the wicked, they're not referring to human beings. No. By all the wicked, they're referring to Satan and his angels and all the works of the devil in the nations. People want to blame the governments on man, blame the economies on man. The sorcerers are not that smart. The sons and daughters of Lucifer aren't very smart. The fallen angels are diabolically genius. The only reason why these sorcerers, these globalists, and these elitists are at the top of the seven mountains is because their father is the devil, the great red dragon whose tail swept one third of the stars. Otherwise, these losers would have no power in the kingdom of hell except that Satan has given them power. But guess what? Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Our seven spirits made this world. Everything in it. All the stars, all the sands, everything Abraham saw and was promised was made by the seven spirits of God. So we know we can easily heal this world and remove all the wicked from this world 
by the Holy Ghost, our Lord. And I'm telling you, the acceleration now of the seven spirits of God in your heart life, which is the roots of David, and the seven spirits of God through your soul life, which is the bright morning star, is so fierce that you don't even know how fast it's going to go when you wake up in the morning. I know you're encountering it and experiencing it, and I see the excitement of people that have been in the charismatic church and people that are coming out of different streams of Christianity all over, all over the world and meeting with the sons of God and meeting on the top of the mountain where the marriage supper of the Lamb takes place. And these people are thrilled about what God's doing. And I'm telling you, we're just getting started. There's going to be more added to our number on top Mount Zion in the city of heavenly Jerusalem, on earth as it is in heaven, as these people come into the glory refinement of the twelve pearls of the gates of Zion, they will be refined in fire seven times, and we will have millions and eventually a billion people inside the city gates, sealed with Jesus Christ on their forehead in this great harvest of the end times. I believe it only take five years. I believe in the next five years, we can get one billion people where I'm at mentally. Now, they won't have the same wisdom and experiences and history with God, but they'll be saved in their minds, which means their souls will be possessed by the seven spirits of God. They'll be living in heaven on earth. Because trust me, everything out there, drugs, alcohol, immorality, religion, is all attempts to keep you out of what I live in and experience constantly, which is heaven on earth living in the city of the twelve gates of Zion on earth, in the throne of God. This is what it's all about, being a city on a hill. And we have not been a city on a hill. We've been kept out of the city of the hill by religion and by rebellion and by the knowledge of good and by the knowledge of evil. But now the knowledge of the glory shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And people will ent enter the city gates by the renewing of their mind in the exact same city that I'm speaking to you from right now during this broadcast. And they will have heaven on earth the rest of their days. And they will feel it, and it will be the realest thing they have ever felt in their life by the renewing of their minds. This is the most exciting time ever in history to be a lover of Jesus Christ and a lover of the Holy Ghost and a son and daughter of God. He has truly saved the best wine for last. And as these souls enter the pearly gates on earth as it is in heaven, we will come into such a time called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it takes place inside the city of God that He's prepared for us. Hebrews 12, God has prepared a city for them. It has been error how people have interpreted that. That's where you go when you die into Zion, into heavenly Jerusalem, Lamb's book of life. The whole point of Hebrews chapter 12 is to have that now, to become a disciple of that city and to live in that city with all your soul now and have your souls glorified by the seven spirits of God and live in the city of God on earth as it is in heaven now. And you have the 12 pearly gates protecting you. It's so bizarre. You know what the armor of God is in perfection? I got 12 pearls around me. And you can only enter those gates by the refinement of the seven spirits of God. So people trying to plead the blood, none of that's necessary when you enter heavenly Jerusalem. I mean, your whole idea of spiritual warfare and striving and protection and provision, all of that just goes poof. 
it's gone. Because you've entered the city gates. But outside the city gates are the dogs and the sorcerers, those who love living a lie, the sexually immoral, the practitioners of magic arts that are still stuck in religion, which is the sin of magic arts iniquity. Working in starlight instead of glory light and calling it God is the sin of iniquity and magic arts, which most Christians still practice. They're outside the city gates, so they don't understand what takes place inside the city gates of heavenly Jerusalem. Inside the city gates is the party of the ages, the celebration of the times. And I'm in. I tell you the truth. I mean, if it were not so, I'd tell you, you'd be like, I'm still warring for it. This principality, that... Nope. Um, I would be lying to you to tell you I'm not inside the city gates of heavenly Jerusalem. This is fully open, fully available for everyone. As it's written, blessed are they who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And you know what the invitation is? Knowing the Lord. Following the Lord. Obeying the Lord. Being born again and raised of the Holy Spirit. Guess who leads you into the city gates? The same one it's written about that leads you into all truth. The paraclete, the helper, the Holy Ghost, the faceless man who wears your face. And that's why we have a glorious face and a happy face all the time. You know, seven horns is kind of ugly, but that's only because we have to wrestle the beast of Babylon every day. I'm sure it'll be something pretty and magical and you can have you know, your puppies and kittens and stuff after a while as we beat our swords into plow, plowshares. <laughs> right now, man, it's a war getting these souls inside the city gates. So much carnality. So much unrenewedness. So much needed of the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God that circumcises minds. And as minds agree with the words of those who live inside the city gates, you'll come into the exact same glory. Everyone will have their own testimony. Everyone will have their own individual relationship with God, but we'll all be inside the same city of God. That's what unity of the brethren is, the city on a hill, heavenly Jerusalem on earth. That's what Jesus Christ prepared for us. That's what it is to live inside the kingdom, to live inside the city gates of the 12 pearls. And right now, the vast majority of everyone, my wife, most of you, are in the times of refiner's fire and launderer's soap and the glory of God of the 12 pearly gates refining your souls. And it's a glorious cleansing process. He restores your souls by the glory of God. Literally, as your mind hears the word of God and hears the words of the sons of God who live in the city of God, it draws you into the place of the throne of God. And as you come closer and boldly approach the throne of grace, your minds are renewed as you re approach the throne of grace. It's simply agreeing with your mind and you come in. And your minds are totally transformed by the renewing of your mind by the washing of the water of the living word that sits on the throne of eternity in my Father's house. In Jesus' name. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Donate today. RedLetterMen.com. Your finances support this ministry and grow this ministry. Let's reach more people. Donate at RedLetterMen.com. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Glory.